0: neuro section 1 10 of 16 cerebral aneurysm the most common cause of subarachnoid bleeding is aneurysm rupture most aneurysms arise in the circle of willis arterial bleeding usually occurs in the subarachnoid space between the arachnoid and the pia venous bleeding usually occurs in the subdural space between the dura and the arachnoid aneurysm rupture An increased transmural pressure predisposes the aneurysm to rupture as the vessel bursts blood flows into the subarachnoid space. We like to think of MAP as the pressure pushing outwards against the aneurysmal sac and ICP as the counter pressure that pushes against it. In essence, ICP creates a tamponade effect. Using this model, it's easy to see that the risk of rupture is increased by hypertension and or an acute reduction in ICP. The most common sign of subarachnoid hemorrhage is an intense headache that is often described as the worst one in my life. Consciousness is lost about 50% of the time, and other signs and symptoms include focal neurologic deficits, nausea, vomiting, photophobia, and fever. Meningismus, signs of meningitis, occurs as the blood spreads throughout and irritates the subarachnoid space. Furthermore, blood can block CSF flow, causing obstructive hydrocephalus and increasing ICP. Morbidity is usually the result of obstructive hydrocephalus, rebleeding, vasospasm. Vasospasm. Cerebral vasospasm is a delayed contraction of the cerebral arteries. It can lead to cerebral infarction and is the most significant source of morbidity and mortality in the patient with subarachnoid hemorrhage. Free hemoglobin that is in contact with the outer surface of the cerebral arteries increases the risk of vasospasm. Indeed, there is a positive correlation between the amount of blood observed on CT and the incidence of vasospasm. It occurs in about 1 is to 4 patients and is most likely 4 to 9 days following subarachnoid hemorrhage. Treatment is aimed at maintaining cerebral perfusion pressure. CPP is equal to MAP minus ICP or CVP, whichever is higher. The idea is that ischemic areas of the brain are already maximally vasodilated, so perfusion to these regions is pressure-dependent. Frequent neurologic checks and transcranial Doppler exams monitor for the development vasospasm. If vasospasm occurs, triple H therapy, hypervolemia, hypertension, hemodilution to hematocrit, 27-32% to 32% is the standard of care. It should be noted that there is a little evidence for this. Liberal hydration supports blood pressure and CPP. It also creates a state of hemodilution, which reduces blood viscosity and cerebrovascular resistance. Together, these improve cerebral blood flow. Nimodipine is the only calcium channel blocker shown to reduce morbidity and mortality associated with vasospasm. Interestingly, it does not actually relieve the spasm, but instead it increases collateral blood flow. It should be noted that Triple H therapy and nimodipine are only used if the aneurysm has ruptured. Surgical options Surgical options include aneurysm clipping or endovascular coiling. The goals of anesthetic management are similar for both types of procedures. Back in the day, surgery was delayed until two weeks after the bleed. A more modern approach focuses on minimizing the risk of rebleeding and vasospasm. To reduce the risk of rebleeding, surgical repair should take place 24 to 48 hours following the initial bleed. Intervention at this time makes triple H therapy safer. Hypertension can cause rebleeding if the aneurysm is not clipped. If an endovascular coil is placed, the patient will require heparinization. If the aneurysm ruptures during the procedure, you should immediately reverse heparin with 1mg of protamine for every 100 units of heparin administered. MAP should be lowered into the low or normal range. While it wasn't cited in our references, adenosine can be given to temporarily arrest the heart so the interventional radiologist can control the bleeding. Intraoperative blood pressure control As a general rule, intraoperative SBP should be between 120 to 150 mmHg. If the patient undergoes an open repair, a clamp is commonly placed on a proximal feeder vessel. This reduces transmural pressure and the risk of intraoperative rupture while also circumventing the need for controlled hypotension. A high or normal blood pressure is required to perfuse the collateral circulation. Some surgeons won't use a clamp and may request controlled hypotension. The most significant drawback of this technique is a reduction in CPP. If blood pressure is too high, transmural pressure rises and increases the likelihood of re-bleeding. If blood pressure is too low, CPP may be inadequate as autoregulation is usually impaired following subarachnoid hemorrhage. Meticulous blood pressure control during induction and intubation is critical. If rupture occurs during this time, the focus of anesthetic management is on reducing ICP and utilizing methods of cerebral protection cerebral salt wasting syndrome hyponatremia is the most commonly is is most commonly the result of Cerebral Salt Wasting Syndrome, not SIADH. The brain releases natriuretic peptide, just like the overfilled heart, and this leads to volume contraction, hyponatremia, and sodium wasting by the kidney. Cerebral Salt Wasting Syndrome is treated with isotonic crystalloids. As a point of comparison, SIADH causes euvolemia or slight hypervolemia and is treated with fluid resuscitation.